Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and I'm joined by two-time Stanley Cup winner Craig Ludwig. Good morning, Craig. How are you? Big win last night for the locals. I am doing good, and yes, it was a, a, it was a good win. I, I look at it from a lot of... A lot of different standpoints um, from that game last night. You know, they had a they had a team that you know comes in. LA is not going to be any kind of a juggernaut, I, I don't think during the during the regular season this year. So they they know the kind of team they're playing against. They know that they have some young players, and it's kind of a rebuilding team with hopes of trying to find a playoff spot by the end of the year. It's a team that played. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, the night before in St. Louis, got a big, uh, I think it was five, four or five to one in St. Louis. And, you know, they, there's bigger issues in St. Louis than the LA Kings coming in. <laughs> Doug Armstrong <laughs> has put the hammer down on the St. Louis Blues. And so they, they knew to, 
to step on the gas uh, in St. Louis the night before. Travel is not that bad going from St. Louis to Dallas after a game. Um, you know, but what I think the Stars did really well, and I'm sure it's part of Pete DeBoer's plan, is to step on the gas early. And I think any time you can get a team, regardless of what they had to do the night before. And um, This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You know, you could see that right from the bat. I mean, they had, I don't know what it ended up in the 10 of the first, but they were somewhere between 15 and 18 shots. And so they, a lot of territorial time, a lot of shots directed at the net. Um, you know, you put a team that had a good win the night before um in nla and then you kind of put them back on their heels and and you kind of go well you know what these are supposed to be tough road trips uh where you got to play back to back uh we got our two points uh, the night before uh if we can come out of this playing against a couple good teams maybe one's not playing as well as they're expected to in st louis right now but they're still a tough team and and you know to get a split on the road is good those little things enter your mind as you're going through games like like LA did last night. So good on Dallas to to put them back on their heels early and, and just keep keep the foot on the pedal the whole night. Yeah, that's a that's a great description, Craig. Foot on the pedal because I just felt from the get-go that was their goal is to make LA grind. And they did make LA grind. And even at one one, I was saying to myself, boy, I feel really good about how the stars are playing. You know, Rupe Hintz is gonna show up on the score sheet with three points. I thought the number one star on the ice for the stars last night was the captain Jamie Ben. He did so many things, and I don't know if it's the style that L.A. plays. Jamie Ben always performs well against L.A., I feel, and I, I just felt like he was all over the place. He used his body well. He was back-checking. Uh, he was getting in, you know, to some serious offensive action. Uh, I thought the captain was going to score a goal because he was around the net all night, but, you know, like I said, it's not going to show up on the score sheet big but I thought the captain really came to play last night. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, there, there's something too with playing with a couple younger guys, you know, and he's, he's playing with Delandria and, and, uh, you know, Wyatt Johnson. And, and I think that you play with youth and, and, you know, going in that they're full of piss and vinegar and, and you know, you have to keep up with them. And, and I think, and I'll tell you, I, I had a good little chat with Jamie, um, a few nights ago at the the Dallas Stars deal where Hatch and Ganey went into the Hall of Fame, and um, he's in a good place. Uh, I, I could tell. I mean, I know he doesn't have a goal, and that that's going to wear on anybody. But but he uh, he was in a very good mood, and and he was talkative. <laughs> so <laughs> I think when Jamie's talkative, we know things are going good. Um, had a lot of good things to say about the coach. 
So I think that's a good thing. And and I think what what Peak DeBoer, and I think last night is a good, you know, and it was a game that they had in control. So it's a little bit easier to do it. But but even when you go down and you look at the times of minutes played last night from the Dallas Stars, I I mean you've got Delandria 13 and a half minutes. The top forward, I mean, you get look at guys like Hence at 1645. I think it was uh, Robertson had the most. Yeah, he had 17 minutes. You know, Jamie and Tyler are both in that 15-minute neighborhood. So, you know, everybody, th- there's not a big disparity in minutes. And so as a lineup, as a team, everybody's pitching in. Everybody's doing their part. And I think with Jamie, the one thing I know that that I felt last year is he got back to Jamie Ben playing in straight lines more so than maybe we saw him earlier. And I think sometimes that has to do with who you're playing with. And, you know, and if you play with guys like say you play with a Hintz or, or, or Pavelski or Tyler Sagan, you know, you may get caught up in, in playing their style once in a while. And Jamie Ben is a North South player and he goes through people, not around people. And I think he's trying to lead the way he is leading the way, not just for the team, but for the two young guys that, that, you know, that he's playing with, you know, and he's getting time on the power play. And and so I think the coaching staff is doing a real good job, especially coming and going into the summer and what were Jamie Ben's minutes. You know, there was a lot of talk about that and how would he handle it? And and I think they're doing a really good job. And and that really falls at the feet of the player. And Jamie's doing a really good job of, of being a captain. And, uh, you know, I, I, I did my po- a different podcast I do yesterday with Vern Fiddler. And, and I talked about Darian Hatcher and I, and I brought up Jamie Benn and Brendan Morrow. And, you know, Fitz played with those last two guys and they're similar guys and, and they didn't do and they don't do a lot of talking. They they lead by example. And, and I think there was a time there where where Jamie may have drifted a, a, away from that a little bit. And, and, and I, not, not, not his whole game. I just thought there were times that he was maybe frustrated with his own play probably. Um, and it could have been coaching who knows, but, but I think he he's found that again. And, and I think what happens is, and we all go through it. I mean, if we play for a long time and, and you end up getting a little bit closer to the road and you're hearing noise and, you know, is he going to be this and be that, you know, you dig down a little bit deeper. And you and really you use all of that talk as motivation, personal motivation. And, and I think that's what Jamie's doing. Dennis Gurionov had a point last night. It was good to see him on the score sheet. And while, you know, you'd like to see him have more points, I thought the activity was pretty good last night from him. Yeah. I mean, you know, and again, for, for him, he's he's got a I for me, he's just got to drive to the net. He he's got the ability. And I think he does it. I think he needs to do it more. I, I'll, I'll go back to a player uh, that was here a long time ago and now has a Stanley Cup ring in Val Nachushkin. Yeah. And, and I thought that um, in Val's game, big guy, skates well. And what he's really done over the last couple of years in Colorado is, is take things to the net. And he brings the party to the front of the net. And I think Dennis, with that speed, uh, being a defenseman to play against him, it's intimidating. And, and I think whenever he can take that puck and drive to the net, it's tough on a defenseman, and, and especially in today's game, because you can't, as soon as you put your arm out to kind of grab him, slow him down a little bit, you know that it's a penalty. And, and so you have to have good position. And what his speed does is it, 
it backs you off the line. It backs you off that blue line and you, you give them a little bit more space entering the zone than you'd like to. And, and then a lot of times when he does get the corner on you and he does take it to the net, you kind of have to lay off him a little bit because now you're worried about giving him a shot and, and you know, bowling over your own goaltender. So I think the more Dennis starts to drive to the net and get a couple ugly goals, um, you know, we know he's got a good shot and, and I think he's trying to direct pucks to the net, but I think he needs to have something good like that happen to him where he takes a defenseman with him into the crease, whether he puts it in on the initial chance or bounces off his shin pad or off his skate or off the defenseman or, or one of those kind of goals. And then he does it again. And then he does it again. And then he's going to get into that habit. Like, okay, here's how I'm going to get back in the good books and get my ice time up. And I, and again, I, I think Pete DeBoer is doing a really good job of doing that with the players. I, I think that, you know, he, he's spreading those minutes minutes out. And, you know, they're getting, they're getting their opportunities. They're getting their chances. And I, it, it was tough. I, I know that in the beginning the other night or of the season, there were times where, you know, talking, he's not going to be in the lineup this night or that night and, and things like that. But again, you look at Gary on if he had 14 minutes last night, so he fall, there's not a guy here that had seven, eight minutes. And I think when you go through a lot of, if you go through a lot of sheets, regardless of the team, you're going to see that there's two or three players that, uh -huh. you know, they don't get those minutes. Garyanov is getting fair minutes. Yeah, I, I just think putting him on the fourth line probably wouldn't work. Um, you know, I mean, it's either to me second, third line, or bust right now. Um, but you know, we'll see. It was good to see uh, him active. Uh, I did want to point this out. I tweeted this before the game. Joe Pavelski and Anse Kopitar on the same sheet tonight. Pavelski at the time before the game, eight points, nine games. Kopitar, 10 points, 11 games. Combined career points, 2009. Combined age, 73 years young. Unreal to see those guys whipping around the ice last night. I mean, they're just two guys that are in the right position. I mean, you played with Brett Hull. It just always seemed as though Brett Hull, and I think somewhat Jason Robertson is like that. He's not the fastest skater, but always finds himself, or the puck always seems to find him. Their biggest strength is probably their brain. Uh, you know, they have a hockey IQ that that gets their their thinking gets them to places way before they get to places. And and I've said that about Jason is I I just think Robo knows what he's going to do with the puck a couple seconds earlier. And very rarely do you ever see him overhandle it, uh, take it into a little bit more traffic than than you probably would. He knows he's got a good shot. He's got a quick release. Um, he he skates through the neutral zone, and he knows that if if the defenseman has a good gap on him, that generally he's not going to try to beat him. I mean, you don't you don't see Jason Robertson, you know, do like a, a, a Tyler Sagan or a Hints, and you know Hints does it with his speed and things like that. But you don't see him try to dangle a defenseman. He puts it in the right spot. He knows that he's got a couple guys that he can get it to. And Pavelski, that always seems to make the right little play, a hints that can back people off with speed. They have their own, you know, strengths in in those players. And, and I think, and you talk about Joel, he just, the goal that he scores, that, that rebound goal, that's because he doesn't fade away from the net. He doesn't go past the net. He stays right there. He, he does enough. Uh, drills himself every day where he's taking, you know, 
hundred pucks or so and just working on on the tips in front of the net. That's why he's the best in the game is because he's done it his entire career. But also he knows that where you score the goals from and, and he doesn't drift away. He doesn't get pushed out and he's always hanging around. And, and even if his skates are behind the goal line for whatever reason, his stick is in front of it. So he can always get, a, you know, another whack at that puck. So, I mean, it's a great line. I mean, I don't know how you can argue. I mean, they're, they're, they're easily one of the top lines in the league. I, I think I saw something last night where they're the best. Somebody said they were the best line in the NHL. And, and I think about it really quick and I'm like, eh, they got a little competition. There's a line yeah. in Boston that's got, that's got, uh, that's got it going on and they've had it going on for a while. And Marchand's back in Boston and Pasternak and, you know, they, they got a pretty good centerman there that <laughs> seems to win, win a Selkie every single year. Yeah. So, you know, so, but, but that's not taking anything away from this line for Dallas because they are intimidating. And, you know, as an opposing team, those three names are circled on the board every single time they come into town or they come into Dallas. They'll be the first three guys, and Miro Haskin will be the nether guy. And that was another guy that was a nice surprise with Miro coming back last night. And you can see the difference he makes when he's in the lineup. So, um, you know, now now I think what they're going to do is they're going to go on the road here, and they're going to, you know, at least get two out of three games, which would be a good road trip. Three out of three would be perfect. And and if they're if ever they're fortunate, maybe Otter's back. You know, by the time they by the time they get back, Otter's in net. Yeah, it's great to see Miro back and, you know, just the calmness on the ice that he presents and obviously the defensive uh, ability. I did want to point out on the TV broadcast last night this year, they're highlighting different stars with questions and Ryan Suter was asked. They went through various questions. Favorite player to watch growing up? And the answer was Craig Ludwig. Did you get out of here? Did you? You didn't see it? No, I did not see that. Yes, they they. They said it was because of the Wisconsin Wisconsin connection. So that's quite oh, that the honor. Must, that must be that must be beer related then. <laughs> well, the question is, how many interactions have you had with him? And that would be interesting because you know he looked up to you as a kid. I'll be honest with you. I talked to Ryan one time, and and uh, I don't ever even even when I was doing the other stuff, I I just. I always felt that players, especially on game days, practice days are a little bit different. But I really didn't even want to go in there um, as a former player into the locker room. I, I've always felt that that is that's their their safe area. And so when reporters come and they have a tough job to do, and you know they all do it well. And you know you got the time limit. You go in there, and and I was never that guy. I mean, I walked in just to say that I did, and um, but I stayed away. I, I just I. I just think that that's a safe area for the players and and they know that they have a job that they have to do with the media and, and they all do a, a damn good job of making themselves available unless they, you know, have a shitty night the night before. But uh, yeah, I was in, actually I was in Chicago, I think it was with our U18 team and, and Ryan was not, you know, with the Dallas Stars then. And, and I had chatted with him a little bit. Uh, he happened to be at that rink and uh, I, I'm not sure if he had a nephew or somebody else that was there. Uh, but anyway, that was the only time I really talked to him. Um, so, but, but I mean, I, I did bring him up uh, three nights ago. Uh, actually, it was at, at the New York Ranger game. We were up in the suite uh, the night of the, you know, the induction and that stuff for Bob and, and Hatch. And I was talking to Rick Wilson about him because Rick Wilson had him as a defenseman in Minnesota. And, um, you know, just, I mean, longevity, his skating ability, 
And, and it's it's funny. I, I was just telling you before we started. I I was putting some stuff together. I'm going to show our defenseman today when I get to practice. And um, Ryan's on there two three times, and and only from playing a quiet game. And, and and again, I think he's adjusted his game as he's gotten a little bit older. His skating is there. His lungs are there. Um, he did play the most minutes uh, of anybody last night. And, you know, this is the, the thing coming in that they were going to try to knock his minutes down, yeah. right? And, you know, so, um, but anyway, uh, but what he's doing now is, is he he advances the puck and, and he doesn't try to skate like Miro. Miro can do that, right? Miro can, in fact, I, I would ask Miro to do it where we normally tell a defenseman to, you know, you see somebody ahead of you four or five feet, 10 feet, move the puck. And, and Miro can beat that guy and Miro can draw in a, the second guy to him and open up a little bit more ice for his forwards. And, and, and Ryan, I think is um, what he, what I've noticed with him is like, he moves a puck. I mean, he's, he's down at the hash marks in his own zone. He's got room to skate, but he advances the puck. And so, and I think that's all part of managing your game as you get a little bit older. Um, again, his lungs and legs are still there, but I, but I think that allows him to stay and play 20 to 25 minutes a night if, if they need him to. Well, for what it's worth, young Gavin Spittle used to watch you and get mad at you because you were pushing my team growing up around. So, Who's your team? Well, when, I, when I grew up, I grew up a Bruins fan. Oh, well, trust me, when, when, I was, when I was younger and I was in Montreal, I really didn't like pushing them Bruins around too much. I mean, it was part of the gig, but they had some tough dudes over there and one in particular and Cam Neely. And so uh, I have a ton of respect for that guy, but, but he was, and for some reason I had the assignment and, and it was like, you know, when he's on the ice, so you're going to be uh, up against him. And I, I just think that I was the only dumb one that would take that on. And it was, that's but tough. Yeah, the big bad Bruins were the big bad Bruins. You yeah. Know, that, that was the day when they are, they, they were, um, but again, you know, times have changed and it's not like they don't have that element, but nowhere near what they used to. But then I don't think any teams do. So I'll explain it real quick. I mean, I lived in Massachusetts. You know, once I moved down here, I became a Dallas Stars diehard love following and covering the team season ticket holder, but did grow up a Boston Bruins fan up in Massachusetts. And Craig, when he would come in for the Montreal Canadiens, it was him, Knuckles Nylon, and it was such a huge rivalry back then that we were actually as kids afraid to go to Montreal. We knew nothing about Montreal. We just felt as though we'd get beat up on the street. That's how we felt about the rivalry. And it was the old Boston gardens. And I think you probably did this, Craig, but when the temperature changed, there would actually be too much fog in the arena because the no, technology you wasn't there. The skate you did the skate around to get rid of the fog. Did you ever partake yeah. in that? How dumb is that? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, and it, and it was so bad. There were times you didn't know if you were in your end or not. Like, you're you know, supposed to do a normal warm-up. You have both teams come out there and, you know, skate around in your own zone and, you know, uh, 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 basically obey the center line. Don't go on the other side. Well, Jesus, I mean, <laughs> when you're playing the Bruins, whether they would skate across the red line or we'd skate across the red line. But the big thing is you couldn't see. <clears throat> you couldn't see five foot in front of you. That's how bad the, the fog was. But you know what? <clears throat> Those guys bring it upon themselves times. I mean, we'd get there and they would have screws in the windows when it was springtime and it was uh, 
playoff time and it was 85 degrees outside, well, you're down in your locker room and in the training room, they would screw their windows shut and you couldn't get them open. Or if it was freezing in Boston in January, they'd make sure they'd have them windows where you couldn't close them and you'd be in your change room and taking, <laughs> trying to take a shower after the game or, you know, get your stuff on before the game and it'd be 35 degrees in that room. So um, yeah, those are the little tricks that don't happen anymore. Oh, that's so awesome. He's Craig Ludwig. I love Lud's stories. Two-time Stanley Cup winner. I'm Gavin Spittle. You're listening to the Spits and Suds podcast. It is mailbag time, even though it comes through Twitter. And Fuzzy asks, what's the word on Petey? He's talking about Peterson. I love our offense. Felt like the kid fit really well in our lineup. If Gurry can't get the monkey off his back in 20 games, do we go with Petey and trade Gurry for something? I think you'll see Petey... In the lineup at times, um, you know, I think Kiwi Ranta is kind of tough to kick out right now, and that's probably your primary reason. Um, but I like Petey as a player. I, I think he's a good player. I think he's a good two-way player, and I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. So I'm kind of excited about his future, and I think he'll get some play. And, of course, you know, we don't know when injuries are going to happen, and if an injury does happen, he'll get right into the lineup. Yeah, he will. He's going to get his opportunity. They know what they get in him. They know the player that he is. And and there are, you know, is DeLandria going to be in the lineup every night? Is Wyatt Johnson going to be in the lineup every night? You know, so there's a couple options there. And, um, you know, and and like you said, Kiwi Ranta, is he going to be in the lineup? And But I think when you look at Kiwi Ranta, he kind of had his his day in the sun, right? When he got the hat trick in the the playoffs and all that other kind of stuff. And and maybe from management, coach, whenever he didn't live up to the, that moment. But but again, it's a big moment, right? And so I think that what he's learned from that is one game doesn't make you know make it where I'm going to be on that on that lineup every single night. And so I think he's starting to learn that that you know he has to put out something every single time he goes on the ice. And and really, <clears throat> you've heard me say this before, and I played my whole career like that. I played the game on Tuesday night to make sure on Thursday morning when I walked in for our morning skate that my name was on that on that board and it was in the top six of the defensemen and you just can't take anything for granted. And now there are the big players can the superstar players owners don't particularly like when there's a player that's making seven eight million dollars and they're sitting in the stands so and they know that (laughs) trust me they all know that so. Um, but you know, there's others uh, like myself that we have to earn our keep, and, and I think that's all part of the process. That's the part of the process for Delandria and, and PD and, and, and Kiwi Ranta, Wyatt Johnston. You know, I don't, I don't expect that kid to take a night off. I think that that he has what you want, but there could be times when they're gonna when things will go a little bit sideways for him, and there may be a come a time when whether it's a general manager Cope says, hey listen it's it's a long it's a long season it's a tough grind it's not like juniors it's not like college um you know i'm going to give you a couple games i just want you to go sit upstairs this isn't it's not a demotion and everybody goes through it and just want you to watch and and see things that you can change and and be better at and and sometimes just take a little step back so those opportunities are going to come along and there will be lineup changes and like you said there's always going to be injuries and and it's just how you're taking care of yourself and how you're getting dialed in while, while you're not in the lineup and how you practice. And you got to practice like it's a game. And, you know, that y- you have to approach it when you're a player that, you know, isn't cemented in the lineup. So, and I'm sure these are all things that, 
you know, everybody's talking about. And so now they just got to buy into that philosophy. And But the big thing is you got to give them a reason not to take the other lineup. You talked about Wyatt Johnson, Jackson Valiant on Twitter, at Dane83Jackson asks, what kind of ceiling does he have? What are your expectations for him this season? Um, my expectations are going to be tempered just for the simple fact that he wasn't supposed to be here. He proves that he does belong here. But I am going to say that I would not be surprised if, you know, 15 goals. Um, I, what I love about Wyatt Johnson in the lineup is he provides third-line depth. We kind of forget already about last year where if the first line wasn't out, you know, it was pretty tough to score for this Stars team. And now I look at it and I say, all three lines can score, and that takes a lot of pressure off that fourth line where they can go and grind and, and kind of do their thing and hopefully get some goals as well. But, I mean, I love the depth, and I think that Wyatt provides that depth. And, you know, just last night, even though that quick snapper didn't go in and it hit the crossbar, the fact that he was in position to make that play – a lot of those are going to go in. So I'm excited about his future. I loved watching him in juniors. Um, ultimately, I thought he did need a little seasoning in Texas, but he proved me wrong. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. And uh, I say, you know, keep, keep keep playing the kid. I love his energy. And for a kid that is undersized, um, and we use that term undersized, which is different in the NHL today, you know, he he really uses the full max of his body, so to speak. Yeah. And I think he, he learns, he learns how to play the game with the size. And I think that's important for them to understand that. And again, coming from junior to the NHL, it's always going to be different. It's going to be heavier. It's going to be quicker. And, and when you play against venture play, veteran players, they're going to have little, little tricks that they're going to be able to box you out of certain spots and tie you up and get into your hands and things like that. But again, that that's part of a, the process of being a 18, 19 year old kid and expecting to play for 20 years. So, um, but yeah, everything is there for him. And again, I, I think, and you talk about his shot, there's no question. He's got a great shot. And I, I, I said this before, is he reminds me a little bit of the kid in Montreal and Cole Caulfield. Caulfield's a guy that can fly, doesn't probably have the playmaking ability that it looks like that, that Wyatt does, but, but they're shooters. That's what they are. And I think, and, and it's about who you play with. And I go back to when Delandria to me is really good when he's playing in straight lines, not afraid to go along the walls, not afraid to go to the pile uh, in front of the net. And we know what Jamie does. And so now all of a sudden that opportunity that he got last night that you're talking about that went off the crossbar, he's got that, he's got that quick release. And so he can, he doesn't need a lot of time and space to get the shot off. And when you play with a couple guys that are straight line players and the opponent knows the kind of players that they are, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be spots there. And and so far he's had a nose to know where to be, where the pucks are going to come out. And again, that, that's that, that hockey sense. And, you know, you get to read off your other two and, and here's where they're going. They're driving to the net. They're going to create, you know, some, some chaos around there. And so maybe I don't get in as tight. I just stay out an extra five feet and the puck will pop out here. So yeah, I would I, that that's a good number for him. I, I would say anything, you know, be, uh, man, anything between 10 and 15, 16 goals would be a great season. Mm -hmm. for this kid, like you said, they, they, he wasn't really, he may be penciled in, but he wasn't there in ink. And so now, you know, I, but I think that the, the more it continues to go like, and this is really about team success too, because if the team starts to fall off and things go a little bit 
Kitty Wampus and you get into that stretch and there becomes any kind of negativity in the room because the way things are going, because it happens to all teams, there may be a time where they say, we don't want this young kid around this. I don't expect that to happen with this group. There's, there's a good mix. There's veteran guys, there's middle of the road guys, and there's young guys. And so I, I would expect that the morale would be positive throughout the year. And, and I think the way that, that I'm hearing that Pete DeBoer coaches and how players like it, it's a little bit dumbed down. There's not a lot to think about. Just go play. We've got certain guidelines and now go play. And that's, that's one of the reasons for their success right now. They're being able to carry the puck through the neutral zone, keep the puck and enter the zone with the puck instead of having it, dumping it in and then trying to go get it back. And you're seeing a lot more puck possession yep. and today's player wants to play that way. And you know, it's, it's not a dump and chase team. And they're saying, we believe in your skills. We believe in your puck decisions. And as long as you guys are making those, you know, right choices in the right areas of the ice, we're going to continue to play this way. Jordan Harper tweets us at spits and suds. Uh, he talks about Jamie Ben. Has he shown us enough in the first 10 games that he can be an impactful player this season playing in his current role? We talked about Jamie. Um, yeah, big impact last night. And what I love is Jamie Ben on the third line. It's no longer just Ben and Sagan. I think that helps them. I'm kind of taking a different approach. I'm trying not to think of their salaries, Craig. I'm just thinking of their impact on ice, and I thought both had great games last night. So I'm excited that Jamie, it's no longer just Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan have to step up. They can have extremely impactful roles. Like I said earlier, I said the last time, Tyler, Tyler has jumped. I mean, I, I said that, you know, that rehab he went through, you got to give him a pass. And, and, and again, he's got some jump and a new coach. Anytime a new coach comes in, you have an opportunity to kind of take away from what's been happening here with the last coach. And you can show like, why wasn't, why was this guy only playing 12 minutes a game? Like, why, why would you not be playing in 14, 15 minutes a game? So you have that opportunity to make that statement to a new coach and they're all doing that. And they, they probably will all continue as long as they keep winning two out of three games. I don't see a lot of things changing. And for Jamie, like I said, I, I just think that he's in a good place right now. Uh, I think Tyler's in a good place because he's healthy. I think that they feel that, they're not really, they, they know where they are in the lineup. They know who the big line is, but that doesn't mean that they don't want to be part of that. And, and so it's a little motivation for him. Tyler's goal last night, he, you know, he's got that little step. He's got that quick release and it looks like he's having fun. And, and I, like I said, I, I watched Jamie play now and, and just listening to him a little bit the other night. Um, I think they all have that, they have that feeling. And so they just got to, you know, you manage that feeling and you go to work every night. And I think you're going to see some guys, uh, you're going to see a good team this year. I, I told that to uh, ownership was there the other night. And I told Tom, I said, you know, you got a good coach here and, and you got a good team. And, and, you know, I, I think they're, I think this is, you know, it's taken a few years maybe to get to, to what they have right now. And now there's a good mix. You've got some older guys, you got some guys in the middle of the pack. You're, you're sprinkling a couple of young kids you've got a, a top-notch defenseman that that seems to understand he had another level. I think he's taking it to another level. I, I expect him to continue that. And then you've got the goaltending. And, you know, I know that before last night, 
Wedgwood, yeah, I don't think he had a win before last night, but that guy's a battler. And, you know, he and he knows the games that he's going to get. Made some big saves. Yeah, made some big saves last night. Real quick, two more. Aaron Thacker. Um, Will the Stars, he says, I know it's early. Will they be able to get the penalties down and uh, be able to score more consistently on the road as season goes on? Uh, I think you have a good test uh, tomorrow night against a team that you should beat. And uh, the Arizona Coyotes did pick up their first home win. Um, However... With the way you're playing, you should. Let's see if they could just continue the ride because um, we do need to see more consistency on the road. Um, however, um, I thought they played pretty good in Toronto, but they do have to cut down on the penalties. And, uh, you know, hopefully, especially on the road, they'll be cut down. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, that, a lot of that has to do with, you know, your penalty kill. And, and so if you if you have confidence, your penalty kill you think you can be a little, it's just, it's dumb ones. We always say that the good ones, you know, as a group, you're going to kill the good ones off. And so, but if it's coming out of being aggressive and it's not a retaliation or it's not a, a retaliation penalty or an offensive zone penalty or things behind the play, you know, where you're getting frustrated and somebody gives you a whack, the referee doesn't see it because it's never the first one. It's always the second one that gets caught. And, and so, you know, those, those kind of frustrated uh, penalties, those, those are the ones that hurt you. But again, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't ever want to tell players not to play aggressive. And, and again, things are going well. They talk about it in the room. They, they don't need a coach to come in there, especially when things are going well. And, and like I said, you've got some guys there. You've, you've got some, a great veteran trio for sure. in, in Tyler, Jamie and, and Joe Pavelski. And so their voices are heavy and they mean a lot. And, and they'll have conversations if those things you know, get, get too far down the road and they start to hurt you in games. You know, I don't know if anything's, you know, been, been that detrimental, detrimental, mental that Jesus, you'd think I'd had a beer already, right? And I haven't. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's people there saying you should have, um, but, but no, you, you know, I don't think there's, it's not a, it's not an over, it's not costing us a lot of games right now, right? right. They're finding ways to win. Yeah. So, they're going to try to curtail it. It's always going to come up. I mean, no team wants to be taking five, six, seven penalties in a game because, you know, you look at it that way, you know, a 30-year game, you're playing in in the penalty box. So, you know, it always comes up. Nick Maroc, otherwise known as the bang guy. Oh, Nick. Nick, big Nick. He tweets me, when am I going to be on the podcast? I think I have enough knowledge to keep up with you guys. I mean, Nick, I I see him at all these fancy restaurants. You're not going to have him on this podcast. I'm going to bring him on my podcast. Uh, You know what? First of all, Nick, I see at all these fancy restaurants. Yes, I will accept bribes, and I will take dinner in return for having Mm -hmm. you on the podcast. Second, I am deeply offended that I have not appeared or will appear on your podcast with Vernon Fiddler. Think about this. Two guys, one spittle. What a great name. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to offend Fitz like that. He would think you were a sound tech that got lost or something. Oh my God. Oh man. Well, Well, no, Nick, Nick, I'll tell you what I I know. I've known his dad. Um, You know, his dad was sitting in the same spot at reunion. Uh, Actually, I think Nick's got new seats or he was in a different seat. I heard last night, but, but anyway, um, you know, his dad, same suit, same seat, and he was there. And so Nick is carrying the torch. Um, so he he is a heavy duty fan. We know that he's yeah. getting, he's getting out there. He's getting out there in the hockey world. 
No, he, he, he is. And there was a Reddit thread against him. And my thing is, is like, we need more bang guys. You know, I mean, that that's my thing is, is like, make it a barn tough to play in. Make it a crazy house. I mean, the World Series he last night. His own section. Yeah. He should have it. There, there was a section, you know, back in the day where, but they, you know, they were up there in the trees, but they were up there, but they had their own section and their own signs and things like that. So he's a character. Um, I don't know. I could see, uh, you know, they talk about a whiteout in Winnipeg all the time. That Winnipeg has whiteouts, you know, where everybody wears white, and it, that's intimidating. Mm-hmm. And um, I can see a whiteout section, or at least okay. a whiteout row. Maybe, maybe that's a, maybe somebody needs to be talking to the sales department and maybe start recommending that. Maybe you could be that little bird right in the middle of the row. <laughs> maybe you should come to a game and sit with me sometime. And then in between periods, we'll meet the listeners, and it'll be awesome. And we'll buy beers. Yeah, I, I kind of go up there where the beer is free. Oh, and, my God. And I need TVs. <clears throat> Let me tell you, when I, you go I, to games, the hardest part for me is, and I, I actually, I prefer to, to be at home or someplace where I can watch it and rewind I can it understand that, yeah. I'm that anally detailed guy, and I want to see exactly what happened because I like to re- relay it to our players. So, but you know what happens is up there, there's a there's a six second delay on the TVs up in the suite, and there's always a beer. Now, the beer's right underneath the TV, so it's all kind of convenient, and I can just kind of when I miss something, I just turn around. I know I got time to see what happened on the TV. So yeah, that so and, and, I don't know. And all kidding aside, as we wrap this up, Craig's a beast, guys, and. Yes, this podcast now, we've added Sean Shapiro of NHL.com and The Athletic. And, you know, Craig and Sean have a great respect for each other. You know, we are trying to make spits and suds, and we are trying to give Dallas Stars fans something to listen to where we're giving you, we're answering your questions, we're talking about the game, and we're up to three times a week now. So, like us, download us, and just spread the word. Um, because we want, you know, Dallas Stars fans always ask me, like, you know, you should have more Stars content. You should have more Stars content. We're giving you more Stars content, but we need to build this. And if we build this, then we can look at other avenues where there can be more Stars content. So uh, thank you for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. Craig, once again, you're a beast. I love the insight that you gave today, and uh, we will catch up with you soon. All right, have uh, have fun at your tes- tennis lessons today, and maybe someday we'll <laughs> I, take this show on the road. You know, I have never brought that up this season, okay? So I will not talk about... You know what? I'm not going to talk about that as my former playing days, okay? I, 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 I'm, I hope you don't. I, I will, bring it up so you don't. I will grant your wish. <laughs> we'll, we'll check, go up there and buff your one trophy. Go ahead, spend the rest of the day shining it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan.